It's the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Hey, where are you going, Jim? The elevator's over here. Taking the stairs. But our meeting's up on eight. Yeah, I know. But that's eight floors up. That's like eight times eight. I don't A lot of stairs. That's the point. I've already lost a few pounds and earned almost $100 in wellness incentives. Whoa, you're getting rewarded for working out? Yeah, I know. I'm just as surprised as you are, Bob. Fearless is full of surprises. That's the power of the Blue Cross and Blue Shield Federal Employee Program. Learn more about our healthy benefits and sign up at fepblue.org slash choose blue by December 11th. You are Locked On Vikings, your daily Minnesota Vikings podcast. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Locked On Vikings and the Locked On Podcast Network. My name's Sam Ekstrom. We're going to jump right into it here with Luke Inman on Twitter, at Luke underscore Spinman. He's live in Sweet Home, Alabama, in Mobile, at the Senior Bowl. Luke, I wish I could share the text conversation we had yesterday about the time zone scenario in Mobile. It was pretty hilarious. And I think I figured out in my research that Mobile, like, doesn't do daylight savings time. I think they just don't acknowledge it. It's weird. It, it, yeah, it got weird, Sam. I mean, trust me, uh, you're waking up at 3, 3 a.m., and it was a long trek down, but we went to Charlotte and jumped in that eastern time zone, then back in the central time zone. We definitely got uh, mixed up a little bit. Uh, it, it was a good night rest and well-needed, that's for sure. But we're ready to roll here. Weigh-ins early this morning for both north and south, and then we head to the real glitz and glamour of the week, and that's practice. Uh, in just uh, under an hour. You wrote about the weigh-in at coldomaha.com yesterday, and for the people who may not know as much about the Senior Bowl, I'm probably one of them. I'm sort of a baby with the whole scouting, recruiting aspect of the offseason. It was very enlightening to read. Basically, the whole event starts out with a bunch of guys in boxer shorts getting up on a scale and getting weighed and flexing, and it's very superficial but also very important. Uh, You labeled five guys who had a lot at stake in the weigh-in. How did it change? out for some of those dudes yeah for sure I mean you call it the underwear Olympics when you really want to get down to it but it's just a, a chance to finally get to see these guys up close and personal get an idea of, of not only their weight and height but their length are they long uh, can they play outside at tackle if they're a little shorter maybe you got to move them inside the guard things like that but Zach Banner was one of the big kind of go-to guys that I had my eyes on a USC offensive tackle check this out six eight he weighed in at one time at 400 pounds. Pretty unrealistic to play in the NFL at that level. You see some of these guys blow up like that from time to time, like a Bryant McKinney. But the, the deal was he had hip surgery on both hips, and he was unable to, to stay active. And, and he, he ballooned up to 400 pounds, but he came in today at 361, 6'8", 3'8". Three and, three, uh, and I think with that ability to, to get down to 360 playing weight, I think that should solidify him on just size alone as, as a, a, a top you know, five offensive tackle in this class. So I'm excited to see how he looks. Uh, is he heavy-footed? Is he a little sludge, uh, uh, sluggish? Is he lethargic when he gets out there? Or is he playing at a, at a comfortable weight at that 360? So that'll be interesting when we see him out at practice. A couple other guys that just jump out at you. There's a smaller school guy, defensive end from Villanova, six foot seven. 280 pounds, Tano Passano. He was a guy who kind of exploded. I know what you're thinking, Sam, your basketball mind. Why isn't he playing on the Villanova basketball team <laughs> down in the paint 
at that size. But this guy exploded onto the scene his senior year with 21 and a half tackles for loss. He's a small school guy, though. So this is one of the great things about the Senior Bowl. You get to see these small school guys that dominated play against top competition, guys that they're going to play against in the NFL. Does it translate? Is there something to mold like a Danell Hunter there? Can you kind of uh, uh, use that ball of clay and develop him like you would think Mike Zimmer would? I think he's a, a, a day three, uh, really a target for a guy like Mike Zimmer. Uh, obviously, Brian Robeson get a little long in the tooth. Everson Griffin creamed it up on 30. Danell Hunter, they're going to uh, continue to develop him. But this is a guy um, similar to Stefan Weatherly, if you remember him in the seventh round, um, I really like this kid, and, and again, just just the, the size is very intriguing. It's going to be fun to watch. Those are two big guys, Sam, two small guys. It, it's crazy. The San Diego State running back, Danell Pumphrey, he's here. He's only 5'8 and a quarter, 169 pounds. He's the smallest of any player here outside of kickers and punters. But check this out. What's crazy about it, he ran for more than 6,000 yards in his career. So uh, he, owns the, he owns the NCAA record for mm-hmm. uh, rushing yards. But, again, it's ironic because he's so small. Teams need to figure out, is he going to be a three-down back? I don't think so. Is he going to be more of a, a change-of-pace guy, a third-down back? And, and, you know, he owns that NCAA record, but does he have too much wear and tear on his body now to go into the NFL that's going to be interesting to see. Uh, there's not a lot of great quarterbacks here like other years. I saw Derek Carr, Jimmy Garoppolo, last year's Carson Wentz. There's not a lot of great quarterbacks on the roster right now, but one guy to keep an eye out for, Davis Webb from California. Big arm. I want to see the coaches let him sling it all up and down the field because he's by far the most intriguing prospect physically. He came in at 6'5", 230. Those are a couple of guys I got my eyes on, Sam. Who else you got in mind that maybe you want to run down? Well, I got one question for you just to kind of bring it close to home. You know, this is a chance for team personnel, coaches, scouts, GMs, what have you, to go down here and see prospects that they might be interested in drafting. So obviously, I'm sure the Vikings have eyes there. Have you identified or do you know who is there for the Vikings? Have you caught a glimpse of Spielman? Have you caught a glimpse of maybe Zimmer? Uh, Who's there for the hometown crew? You know, I wouldn't be surprised if Zimmer was down here, but I have not laid eyes on him. I did see Rick Spielman earlier at the weigh-in, um, and, and along with a whole row of Viking scouts and, and brass there. So Spielman was certainly in attendance like he is every year. Haven't laid eyes on, on Mike Zimmer. I did cross paths with Jerry Gray once again. Uh, I spoke to him last year. He gave me some insight and some encouraging words on, on uh, their first-round pick, uh, Trey Waynes. So it's nice to be able to chit-chat with these guys when you can. They're usually pretty tight-lipped. I'm sure George Stewart will be down here. I remember two years ago talking to him about Sammy Coates from Auburn. So it's nice to be able to pick these guys' brains when you can. But, uh, you know, for the most part, those those Viking scouts are are pretty tight-lipped. Uh, This might be a dumb question, but it looks like the South team is going to be coached by Hugh Jackson of the Browns and then the North team coached by John Fox of the Bears. How How do those guys get that job? Yeah, well, it's it's typically bang, bang, it's the worst two teams, but San Francisco 49ers picking at two, there was too much influx with the Chip Kelly res, uh, firing mm. and, and resignation or what have you and, and them not solidifying a head coach yet. So they unfortunately had to pass up the really unique and, and invaluable uh, offer to coach because you know, Sam, even though you haven't been down here, you understand the value to be able to not just work with these guys on the field all week, but to really get a sense of who they are off the field. And there's been, 
you know, a couple handfuls of, of Vikings players right now that have came from this game, um, guys that you may be well aware of, like a Harrison Smith, to guys that you maybe forgot, like uh, Shamar Stephan, a seventh-rounder played here from UConn, uh, Jerick McKinnon, you know, a spark score, height, weight, speed guy, uh, played here from, from Georgia Southern. Again, a small school that they got uh, a unique chance to, to really see during this week. So really, really great opportunities for both John Fox and the Bears, and then obviously the Cleveland Browns staff as well with, with not only the first pick, but the 12th overall pick as well. They can really do some damage. Uh, and it starts down here, down in Mobile, Alabama. So the Vikings are infatuated with UCLA guys. Does that mean yeah. that Eddie Vanderdoes and Connor McDermott, uh, McDermott, Kevin McDermott's brother, are destined to wear purple? Well, I, I, I joked. I did tweet it out when Connor McDermott's name was announced and he stepped on the stage. I, I said Rick Spielman uh, just, just finally snapped back awake. And uh, all of a sudden, he's taking notes diligently because that's what it seems like, doesn't it? I mean, if they, if they wear the UCLA broom jersey, it seems like the Vikings are interested. Now, what's unique and, and take this even further is that Connor McDermott is actually Kevin McDermott, our long snapper. That's his brother. So I actually had a chance to talk to him briefly in the lobby yesterday. This dude is a monster. If Zach Banner's the biggest offensive tackle or, or player here, Connor McDermott's the second biggest. I mean, he is a mammoth of a man, uh, six foot eight, uh, over 300 pounds. But, you know, he, he's ex- athletic. He's got great feet. He was Mr. Basketball in Tennessee in high school. And uh, he showed up to UCLA assuming he'd be playing tight end. Showed up to his locker. It said number 68. That's how he found out he was playing O-line. He said, let's do it. And uh, that's the kind of mindset that you like to have with, with some of these younger guys. So Connor McDermott, very interesting. Any Vanderdose, just real quick, was a top 10 recruit coming out of high school. Big-time talent. He just tore his ACL in 2015. So um, he, he started to get worked back into the rotation a lot in 2016. But now that he's about 18 months removed from that surgery, teams want to see if he can get back to that kind of top 10 recruit status he once was coming out of high school. Do you think O.J. Howard, the prolific tight end from Alabama, is one of the best offensive players at this event? I do. I do, Sam. Um, And and it's a double-edged sword there because, you know, I'll start with this. I don't think there's a ton of great prototypical number one style receivers here. I think in two, three years, you're going to look back at this draft class and the senior bowl and say there's a lot of guys that developed into like the number two or slot type receivers, guy like Cooper Cup from Eastern Washington, uh, Amara Doba from Michigan, but there's not a lot of number one guys. What's intriguing though, the tight end class is extremely rich and deep this year. And I think OJ Howard kind of leads that class along with uh, David Njoku from Miami, who's not here, but um, O.J. Howard came in 6'5 and 5'8", 249, kind of the prototype body that you want. And he looks slender enough to maybe pack on 10, 15 pounds and not lose a step. So uh, when you're talking about offensive skill positions, you could make an argument he's actually the number one skill position player here out of everybody. Hi, this is Maury Moreland Morrison, here to tell you Geico has more than just great savings, much more. Geico's been around for more than 75 years, back when they were using Morse code. Sorry, that's just my sense of humor. What's more, with Geico, you get 24-7 access to licensed agents on the app, online, or over the phone, so you can talk to them at night or in the morning. So forevermore, just know that no other auto insurer has more more than Geico. More power to you. Geico, expect great savings and a whole lot more. 
You've touched on a couple offensive linemen uh, between McDermott and Banner. I think that's an area that Vikings fans really need to be focused on. I know Arif Hassan filed a piece, coldomaha.com, yesterday about some of those prospects that the Vikings could be interested in. What other position group are you honing in on with regard to the Minnesota Vikings? Well, obviously safety is key. I, I don't know what they're going to do with safety, but they need to find somebody to play opposite of Harrison Smith to really more so maximize Harrison Smith's uh, unique skill set. You know, I think he's creeping up on he might be 29 years old next season. So that went quick, didn't it? I mean, all of a sudden here the window is somewhat closing. So I'm looking at safeties here. And, and to be honest, I haven't done a ton of digging on safeties yet. I'm going to ch- kind of just go watch them play these next few days and get a feel uh, and just trust my instincts and eyes on that uh, aspect. I'll tell you what, though, there is one kid, uh, Obe Alafatanu. I'm probably murdering that name. He's wow. from UConn, Sam, but he's 6'5", and he's 217. So uh, the size is there. Again, if you want to take another shot on a, on a guy like somewhat like a J. Ron Curse as far as size, much better tackling, though. Uh, and I think he's more polished coming out. He's probably a day two guy, whereas J. Ron Curse more a project and a seventh round pick. So I think safety is a big, big position of need for the Vikings. Uh, and outside of that, you, I mean, you touched on it. O line needs to be the number one priority. Safety number two. I'm still, you know, it's a luxury pick, but I'm still trying to find that third linebacker to replace Chad Greenway and really solidify that four three base next to Eric Kendricks. Anthony Barr, and then who's going to play that either outside spot or move inside? Maybe it's Kentrell Brothers. Maybe we have him on the roster and and let Eric Kendricks move outside. So O-line A, obviously safety and, and outside linebackers, something to think about too. A couple more minutes with Luke Inman here on Locked On Vikings. You know, Luke, you and I spend a lot of time out in Mankato in August. We watch the practices there. How do these practices resemble what you would see out in Mankato? Well, you know, Mankato, you get those the, the first few days even, two, three days in, and it's pretty vanilla for the most part. I mean, they're, they're running down. I mean, they got to remember that there's a lot of rookies there. they they got second and third team guys who maybe don't know what they're doing. So a little bit more slow place, uh, slow pace. It's not as aggressive. You're obviously playing against your own teammates. So, um, you know, you come down here, these guys are fighting for not only a, a future job. I mean, they, do, they truly do. They're told this is a job interview on and off the field. So they have that mindset, but they're also jockeying for number one, you know, draft position compared to their peers. So it is a lot more uh, high intensity. It's faster pace. Uh, and, and remember, these kids are in college. They're, they're, you know, their legs are a little bit fresher and the energy is a little bit higher, too. So um, these guys really bring the heat. And I think the coaches have always done a really good job of kind of getting that out of these kids, too. So um, it, it's really fun to watch because although they're, they're called practices, really, in an essence, um, they're kind of miniature games in their own right every day. Luke Inman, at Luke underscore Spinman on Twitter. I wish we had a little more time with him, but we'll, we'll let you get to that practice and maybe touch base with you after the Senior Bowl to get your impressions and see how your opinions changed or were altered based on what you saw on the field. Uh, we'll be following your work, though, at coldomaha.com. You and Arif doing great stuff down there. I can tell you're in your element. I can tell you're excited about it, and we love hearing from you. Thanks, Luke. Hey, it's favorite time of year, Sam. I appreciate it. I'll talk to you guys soon, all right? His name's Luke Edman. He's very good at what he does. Make sure to follow his work. He definitely deserves it with all he's doing down in Mobile. One newsworthy item worth mentioning, the Vikings assistant GM George Patton is currently being pursued by the Indianapolis Colts and the San Francisco 49ers. 
George Patton, a guy who flies pretty well under the radar. You don't hear much from George Patton. It's Rick Spielman, whose name gets attached to most of the front office dealings, but a valuable member of a fairly stable front office. That's what you need when you're going to be a successful franchise. You need good ownership, stable front office, stable coaching. Vikings have generally had that the last several years, so Patton could be on the move. Obviously, the Colts just axed Ryan Grigson. 49ers have all sorts of issues, and they may want to give Patton a promotion to full-time GM. Vikings could have a shakeup in the front office. That's all for the day. Big thanks to Luke Inman. Wish we had longer with him. My name's Sam Ekstrom, at Sam Ekstrom on Twitter. It's Locked On Vikings on the Locked On Podcast Network. Sage Rosenfels back in the fold tomorrow. Is democracy in danger or decline? Condoleezza Rice, William Galston, and Carlos Gutierrez and others take on this question in the fall edition of The Catalyst, a journal of ideas from the Bush Institute. Surveys show Americans place less trust in institutions like the media and business. Others contend America has faced far more challenging periods and emerged strong. Leading policymakers, Bush Institute experts, and respected journalists take on this debate. Read about it at bushcenter.org slash catalyst. Hey, Locked On Minnesota listeners, this is Tony Abbott here to tell you about the brand new Locked On Wild podcast, where my co-host Joe Bully and I break down the Minnesota Wild every single day. How can you listen? Just search for Locked On Wild in your favorite podcast app and subscribe to bring Locked On Wild to your device every day.